Welcome to Helix Stories, presented by Helix Managed WordPress Hosting. Creativity, great design, and a positive outlook can shape our world in more ways than we can possibly imagine. Join us as we hear epic real-life stories of creative thinking, design, and positivity from inspiring humans. People just like you that make the world a better place in ways big and small every day. Now here's the host of Helix Stories, Drew Linsalata. From high atop the first floor of Helix World Headquarters in beautiful Rocky Point, New York, welcome to episode 0001 of Helix Stories. It's our maiden voyage. We just hit the champagne bottle on the hull and we hope that we don't sink. But before we get started, what I hope is going to be a really awesome first episode, we got to keep the lights on and pay the bills. So just bear with me for about 60 seconds, will you? Helix Stories is sponsored, as always, by Helix Managed WordPress Hosting. If your website is running WordPress, then you need to host with Helix. Switching to Helix is just insanely easy because real-life humans will handle moving your site for you with zero downtime and zero hassle. Helix keeps you out of the technical part of WordPress and focused on creating content and running your business. How? Well, Helix automatically handles updates, patches, backups, enhanced security, acceleration, and monitoring, all while you sleep. That's amazing, you say? Oh, it's the scene, man. And to make things like 41% cooler, when you host with Helix, you actually deal with the people who built it and own the company. Helix is a boutique host and we like it that way. So every customer is a big fish in a small pond. To learn more, head over to imhelix.com. That's I-A-M-H-E-L-I-X.com. When signing up, use discount code STORIES to get three months of free, no obligation hosting. That's imhelix.com. We love new friends, so come check us out. Alrighty, now that we have that out of the way, we can keep the lights on for another episode. I want to get rolling with our first episode. There is only one person that could have been the inaugural guest on Helix Stories, and she's sitting across from me now. She is the founder and CEO and chief everything at Mocha, which is one of the coolest little design studios you're ever going to find in the world. One of the most positive people that you're ever going to meet also in the world. And we also happen to be office mates. So there's that. She happened to be 10 feet away and super convenient to be the first guest. Anyway, I would like to introduce you all to Miss Kendra Beavis. Kendra. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming on. This is so exciting. You're the first one. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Guinea pigs, guinea pigs, guinea pigs. So <laughs> Helix Stories is all about stories about creativity, positivity, changing the world, and like you are just born to change the world, <laughs> one soul at a time. And being that you have this mindset anyway, and you also happen to be a creative person by trade, you're like the obvious, we need to just talk about stuff. So <laughs> let's talk about, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about creativity? You want to talk about why we want to share things? What compels us to share? And Yeah. Um, you know, I... I have this weird mindset, like you said, that um, I don't know if it's the the times th that we're in right now or what, but I just feel like I want to help lift people's minds a little bit and souls. And um, we're also living in an incredible time where you can kind of do whatever you want um, <laughs> and not really be bound by things that we used to be anymore just because of the internet and the accessibility to things. So my whole mindset is um, have fun and do what you love. I think it's great. And you can combine it with what you already know how to do right. in a lot of ways, which is kind of cool. I think one of the things that's really cool about your particular position is you're already engaging with so many people 
in a creative kind of way. Mm -hmm. So it already fosters a little bit of that mindset. You can, it's not like you're their accountant. I think it would be very difficult right. to introduce somebody to some of these concepts if you were there to, to balance their checkbook. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot better when you're, when you've been hired to, you know, yeah. to, to be the creative person and, and kind of inspire and, and do all those create awesome, beautiful things. I don't know. I think if I was your accountant, I'd probably also take that opportunity to like brand the hell out of your tax return and pick <laughs> choice colors <laughs> just for you. It's going to be the prettiest tax return the IRS has <laughs> ever seen. Why wouldn't you do that? I mean, <laughs> seriously, that it's, it's a known fact when you're, when your tax return is pretty, you don't get audited. Everybody knows this. <laughs> so good. So I know that aside from, let's talk about how Mocha got started, first of all. Like, sure. So Mocha, you can find Kendra at Think Mocha, M-O-K-A. Dot com. com right yeah um you could also find her right in the office next door to me so if you're here you know there's that <laughs> but but drinking how, a mushroom coffee drinking a, a mushroom coffee yes uh, really oh my god for sigmatic i live on it what is a mushroom coffee well, we have to talk about this what is in mushroom coffee i think I'm, um, i might be a little afraid of that i'm not sure there's chaga in here which is like pieces of trees or something <laughs> i don't know some sort of other uh thing that grows and then um i don't know what kind of mushrooms um, but it's supposed to help you focus better and it just mm -hmm. tastes really good. So. And they have this at Seven Eleven. No, no, <laughs> I, was gonna say. I transferred it. This is, <laughs> this is my last, my, my second cup is always like not straight up coffee. Okay. It's, it's my justification for more than two cups of coffee a day. That That's fair. I, I thought Seven Eleven had branched out into the no, exotic. Right? Wouldn't like, that wow, be cool? go Seven Eleven. You get a, like <laughs> a frozen aggressive. burrito and mushroom coffee in the same place. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the story of Mocha a little bit. So you know, how, how did you wind up like owning your own design studio? Because I worked for, so, so I grew up in a family business and I always had this idea that I wanted to work for myself. I loved what my dad and his brother had built. I loved how they led by example. I loved how they were working, uh, hiring kids and they changed their lives by just being awesome. Like the marriages that came out of that, the relationships that came out of that store, and I just thought like, that's so cool to be able to run your own thing and do it the way you want to. Um, so I always kind of had that in the back of my mind. And uh, so I worked for some uh, two different companies before I went freelance. The last company I was with, I was in the city. And I just so many times actually through my my training as a designer, couldn't believe that this is the way this stuff was done. And I like I remember working at a very high profile um, branding agency back in 1997. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, 2000. And um, so, you know, Midtown Manhattan like doesn't get bigger than this. Right. And they handed me a book of prefixes and a book of affixes. And we were naming a company. And this is how it was done. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like there was no... I mean, marketing, branding, all of it has changed so much now because it's much more personal. But this is like the very end of the dot-com boom. So everyone just needed to get their company going and needed a name. So this is how they did it. That's amazing. It was so disheartening because in my head, like everything was so personal about design and everything, the choices that I was making, you know, in school, it was extremely personal. It was telling a story. It was custom. And here it was like, no, 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 this is, this is actually how this is all done. So it was pretty shocking. And then actually working um, after college and working for a company, a boutique studio in the city and same deal. It was just like this, 
this shouldn't be the way this is done. And it was so, I was so like, I can do this better. Yeah. I can do it better. I can enjoy it. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I was working with these Fortune 500 companies and loving that experience and completely comfortable in that role. But at the same time, I hated what we were producing because it just had no, no personality behind it, no culture. There was no thought about who this company is and what their culture is. There was no real deep dive. And it was just like, oh, I know their industry. So this is what we're going to do. Um, wow. Which was nothing like you would have expected it to be. No. When you're getting a degree in fine arts in Philadelphia. And, and like, as young as I was, like maybe obnoxiously so, I just felt like this isn't the way this should be done. And I'm not going to do it that way. So I left. Maybe it's that thing where when you're in a, a big creative agency, it's all about billable hours and, and tracking and... Yes. yes and that. everything was very shady too. I mean, there was a lot of... There were a lot of... I mean, every little penny pinched that could, you know, every single moment of, we'll, we'll bill your train time. We'll bill... And I'm like, really? I don't know. Makes you feel a little icky, doesn't it? Totally icky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get that a little bit. I can relate a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. All right. So so you so decide this is not for me and you leave. Mm -hmm. You leave New York City. Yep. Um, I go freelance. I start to reach out to um, some of my contacts that I had been with prior. Um, and that sort of launched my career. And then it got to the point where um, I had a whole bunch of recurring clients and I started needing extra help and people and um you know i've hired different staff members over the years and different designers and i have an assistant that i couldn't live without now and um a little freelance team that comes along with me on jobs so mm. now it's it's um we're in a really good place right now yeah it looks like it's fun <clears throat> you it look like so you're having much so fun. much fun right now yes. yeah which is really great to see the people that i choose to work with are people that i want to be around every day mm -hmm. my clients fall into that same bucket it's i don't work with people i don't enjoy working with yeah yeah and you often become friends with your clients which yeah. you know at first <laughs> i thought was like oh this is not going to work out well for her but but it works out great and so let's talk a little bit about how you changed the face of your client base over the last yeah. year year mm -hmm. and a half that i've seen you doing that yeah like you really just made a, a firm decision like no this is the kind of person that fits with me and mm -hmm. those are the people i'm going to work with and it seems to have changed everything yeah i mean i've worked you know with different brands building their brand and always looking at what that um persona is that they're trying to go after who's their perfect client and i never really considered that for myself mm -hmm. And I, I walked, I've talked this talk for so long and never applied it to my own business. So I decided this is the year that I was going to do that. And I shifted things around so that I don't, not only do I not work with the clients I don't want to work with anymore. Um, I'd also changed my services based on what I truly, really love doing. I don't really care if I'm really good at something. If I don't like doing it, I'm not going to do it. What's the point? Right. Or if you can bill for it. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't care. <laughs> right, right. Hey, that's billable hours. I'm going to do that. Yeah, no. Yeah. And that's a tough place for anybody to be. I think whether you're in a creative business or any business, if you're chasing work just because it's the money, that can get you into a really bad place, I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think if you're not coming at this with like a, a really pure heart, um, you, you very quickly can go down that road of all of a sudden you're doing things you're not qualified to do. Um, you know, you're making promises. You're not coming through on delivering 
I mean, I want to deliver the best thing for my clients, the thing that they just couldn't imagine ever being created, like pull it out of their heads. So, uh, you know, unless I'm following that path, if I went down like the money path, I wouldn't care. That's right. You wouldn't care. It doesn't. And you have no connection to people. Right. You can really quickly get disconnected from other human beings. But so my favorite jo thing about my job is that I get to interact with people on a really deep level all the time. Mm. So like, we're not just talking about like, okay, I have this flyer that I need done or, you know, working It's better discussing it with like working on a brand. I really want to know why you started this business. I really want to understand the relationship you want to have with your clients, how you want your clients to feel. I want to know who you are as a person. I want to know, you know, do you have kids? Like, I want to know everything because all of those things help me define what your visuals are going to look like and feel like in your tone of voice. Which makes perfect sense. And one of the things that's been an eye opener for me to see is this project we're working on with Mia. So Mia Voss will be, we're going to record with her later. <laughs> we're doing a bunch of these today. And uh, watching you go through that, that branding exercise with her has been really an eye opener because you cannot help but get to know this human being. You have to. Right. Like this is Especially more than just, well, hey, what are you selling? Let's come up with a way to sell your stuff. Mm -hmm. You really get to know what's important to a person, what, what their affinities are, sure. what their values are. And like it, it leads you to a much better place. I think you're working from a more personal, a real connection as opposed to just metrics of, oh, you're trying to sell 16 seats in a webinar. No problem. We'll get that done. Right. And personal branding is so different too, because not only do you have to do that really, really deep dive into who they are as a person, but there are thousands, tens of thousands of Mia bosses. So we have to really pick apart what makes her Mia yeah. and show that to the world so that the, the percentage of people that are going to follow her you know, mm -hmm. um, become her tribe are going to see, oh, that's my person. Right. There's, there's very specific things um, that, you know, people, not everybody is for everyone. So as a, when you're developing a personal brand, you really need to hone in on what makes this person her, herself, what yeah. makes her quirky, what makes her fun, what makes her whatever, so that people can see it and, and that her people are going to find her. And that's that process of using good design first to uncover like who are we looking for here and who are we not looking for right. and I, I think i like the idea of of you know really acknowledging like well we, we cannot you can't reach everybody no like who do you really want to be talking to and let's let's hone the message that way and then just using really good design consistent design to to get that message out right as, as often as possible and to make it easy for the person to convey the message yeah you know I, i've been in situations where people have tried to create creative things, you know, branding and things like that, that don't really fit. So as the customer of the creative person, the client, like, I don't, I don't want that because right. that is hard for me to keep saying those things because they do not represent who I am or who this business is, that sort of stuff. So you're really good at that. How does that lead to, um, let's talk a little bit about creative spark and that stuff. So mm. you make this change. Yes. Yes. And, and you're, you're, got a, a definite a different stable of clients now mm -hmm. and and the work you're doing appears to be much more creative focused on creativity and and brand design and out of the nitty-gritty of some of the stuff that was just you know hourly billing and it leads you down this new path of maybe mentoring and coaching and yeah. and the creative spark thing i think is spectacular let's talk about that tell me about creative spark so creative spark 
Um, it kind of happened because I work with people all day long who aren't in a creative industry and look at what I do and wish they could do it. And I'm like, well, you can. <laughs> it's really easy. Don't tell them that. They won't need you. <laughs> well, not necessarily <laughs> what I do, but I think they're looking for that creative outlet. Right, right. And um, so I thought, well, why not just, this comes super, super easy to me. I have no anxiety around being a creative person I have, or doing creative tasks. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people put a lot of pressure around it. Like you have to be really good or it has to take a really long time or, um, oh, it, they just make it way bigger than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, so they see what I do and they yearn for that, that creative outlet. Um, so that's what I'm trying to give them. Like, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be this big, huge deal. And so Creative Spark is just a bunch of little activities that are kind of structured to get you out of your own head and just do the task for the day and have fun with it, share it in the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think it, it allows people to release the idea of it being so serious or not having a topic. I think for a lot of people, the idea of being creative can be intimidating. Like, but I'm not usually creative and I don't have any talent. I don't, I don't know how to do these things. Everybody does. Everybody's creative. In some I, way, I've right? never met a single person that's not. Yeah. I don't care if you're an accountant or right. I hate to keep picking on accountants. I have best friends that are accountants. I've had some creative accountants. Some of them are still not in prison. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've, I've been exploring different sides of myself that I've never really explored before, like my spirituality and things like that. So I'm surrounding myself with a lot of new people and... I was recently in a group of women and three of them were nurses. And I thought it was so interesting that their day-to-day -day life is beyond heavy. Um, and one of them was a, was a, um, a cancer nurse, um, a hospice cancer, cancer nurse. Yeah, so that's really heavy. On average, she's losing three to five patients a day. Oof. I mean, that's her day, every yeah. day. Yeah. And I found it really interesting that her and the other two nurses in the group all agreed that they started picking up um, creative extracurricular activities. So the one girl decided she was going to start just taking photos with her phone. I mean, no special equipment, but she just found a certain solace in creating. Mm. Um, it lifted her. The other woman said the same thing, that she um, started doing paper crafts and she makes these little uh, cards now. Right. Um, another girl dances and she's like, I'm not a dancer, but I just, I needed something that was going to lift my soul. And I think that the creative spark idea is, is exactly that. Like I would love to help people find joy in their day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. And I hope that maybe something like this just gives them a little bit of, of that joy every day. Yeah. And, and gets them and again, there's no end game necessarily. No. So the person that's, she's not going to be a professional dancer. No. She's not leaving her job anytime soon. But I think there's something we lose when we get older that we don't get to just do fun things. Just for the joy of doing it. Just for fun. That's what we do when we were kids. Right. And then somehow we forget that. Right. Like the floor is lava, right? When you're a kid. Right. That's a game that most of us had played. Yes. When was the last time you played that in like, you're never going to walk into a house and see a bunch of adults like standing on the, the floor couch. Is lava. <laughs> no, you're right. Never going to hear that. But wouldn't that be kind of fun? It would be kind of fun. And you don't <laughs> think of doing that. I wonder what is, what 
what is it that takes that away from us? And I think even the most creative people, and you're an incredibly creative person, that's what you do all the time. But when is the last time you decided that the floor was lava? Like it's something about maturing and growing, yeah. you know, I don't I know what it you is. You don't like. want to look stupid, you know, or. Probably. Right? Like yeah. there's a certain yeah. amount of recklessness that comes with being um, completely free and yourself. And people could look at that like weird or um, like I let myself loose with my children right. way more than I ever would with a group of adults because they just have a different mindset. They don't judge you for, you know, dancing like an idiot in the kitchen yeah. while you're cooking chicken. Well, they'll join in. They do. Right, yeah. right. That's the beauty thing about it. Right. So I think one of the things that's cool about your Creative Spark program is I guess trying to get people back in touch with it, even yourself and like and a group of people back in touch with that. Yeah. Because kids, you know, that you're right. That's a joyous thing. And I don't remember the last time I did something like that. But yeah. I, I very clearly can think of a, a time my kids were small and my my oldest daughter, she just she had music on in the living room, whatever it was, kid music. And she was just dancing and singing and making up her own stuff. And I have it on video. And it's one <laughs> of the most joyous things you can ever imagine because she could not be less interested in who was looking at her. Right. Like it's acceptable. Yeah. And I think people get a little bit intimidated. And the idea of creating something, even something that no one else is going to see, requires bravery. So, right. yeah, like maybe giving people a chance to like be a little brave, put something on the paper mm -hmm. or, or sing a song or something. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. And I think it's important that people do share it because I think there's such, um, with social media the way it is, there's a curated vision of what people's lives are. Yeah. Nobody just puts crap out there anymore. And I think like, who cares if, if like with the Facebook group, I'm hoping that people put things in there that are just like the, they, their worst sketch or whatever ever, right, right. just because they did it and they want to share it and it's not perfect and it's not honed and it's not just who cares. Yeah. But that's sometimes the beauty of it. I mean, right. I guess in the commercial environment, it has to be perfect and slicked and honed and, and sure. done correctly. But that's but not what this is. That's not what this is. Right. It's just the joy of, of creating things just for the fun of it. Yeah. I think we also tend to forget that like what we judge as, oh, I suck at this. I don't want anybody to see this. Other people often look at it and say, that's amazing. I would have never thought of that. Right. You know, and they're not judging it based on like whether it's going to make it into a museum or not. No. They're just judging it purely based on how it makes them feel. Like right. that's inspirational. Wow, I can't believe you made that painting. Mm -hmm. um, or there was an idea there or, or the way their brain thought. Like if everyone has, so we're starting this program together on February 24th. Mm -hmm. And... I thought it would be cool to do it together because everyone looks at things differently. So with the first task and whoever's sharing in Facebook, um, I think it's so interesting to see the way people's brains work. You know, it, we all got the same task. Let's put our stuff together. And it's amazing to see like, wow, this person interpreted this that way. Um, I just, I'm actually my daughter's fourth grade yearbook. Uh, they did a cover contest. They all had the same objective. What came out of that is unbelievable. All I, over the place, right? Amazing. Yeah. But that's a good thing. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Because you get to see that. I think the beauty of engaging in an exercise like that, too, with a group of people is the ability to maybe make connections out of that. Because I think we kind of crave that. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way, like, I would like to find people who don't think like me. Mm -hmm. Who, like, you know, that person's going to be really good at that particular thing. So I would like to have them in my life, whether yeah. it's professionally or otherwise. Or they have certain ideas that I, I might not have had right. or agree with, but I love them. So like, let's let's bring that diversity of talent or thinking into a group and you never know what comes out of that. Which is so not like what 
our society is like right now. We only want to be surrounded by like-minded people. Yeah, that's But when true. you invite those different mindsets into your life, like the amount of, um, you just, everything's better. And in a safe way. I think the way you're doing it, it, yeah. it gives people a safe place to be exposed to all kinds of different brains, if right, you will. Right, right. And there's no there's, competitiveness. There's no, no confrontation in it. It's there's, just there's no the prizes. appreciation. Right, yeah. exactly. There's, there doesn't need to be a right or a wrong. It's just you can appreciate other humans and what they make. Yeah. What's not to love about you know, that? There are tons of support groups for all sorts of different things. Why yeah. not a creativity support group? I think it's a great idea. Where can people get that? thinkmocha.com slash, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, creative hyphen spark. Okay, so thinkmocha.com slash creative dash spark. Yeah, and then when you um, sign up for that, you get invited to the Facebook group. Yeah, very cool. I'm in it. <laughs> I'll be drawing some stuff. I'll be making whatever it is. I'll follow <laughs> the prompts. It's not just drawing. There's I photography know. prompts. There's. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to hit everybody's, because not everybody's the same type of creative. Yeah. You know. Singing prompt. Who knows? Maybe. All right, we won't give anything away. You're going to have to join the group. It's free, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. just everybody knows. We're not hawking anything here. No. Um, anyway, this is awesome. I, you know, I kind of want to keep it to about 25 minutes or so. So I think we did great. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Our maiden voyage. We'll definitely, I'd like to have you back on a recurring basis because there's so many cool creativity-related topics you and I could probably talk about. Tons. For 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. So that's it, folks. I hope you've enjoyed the first, the maiden voyage of Helix Stories. Um, I'm going to ask a favor. If you're listening on some network, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, whatever, and you have an opportunity to rate and review the podcast and you liked it, maybe hit hit a review and give a rating and, and tell all your friends about it. We'll probably publish about every two weeks, I'm going to say, on a regular basis, and they'll all be kind of like this. But who knows what will be the next one. It's going to be all over the place. So thank you, Kendra. Thank you. All right. See you guys next time.